Well, good morning, church. Oh, come on, you can that. Good morning, church. We're glad you're here this morning today. We are going to begin a brand new series called The Best News. And I don't know about you, but as I began to prepare for the series and began to look around and just surf some things uh, on the internet and Google and Yahoo News and all that, I've come to a conclusion I think you all would agree with, is that every time we turn on a news outlet, there seems to be bad news. Amen. I mean, you never see a news report where, like, things went well. I mean, I guess occasionally you find a puppy that got rescued, a cat that was taken from a tree that was good. But other than that, there are no news outlets where we hear anything other than bad news. I mean, surrounding us all the time, no matter which newscast, it doesn't matter if you're a CNN, a Fox News, or who you listen to, it's always bad news. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? And here's the thing about bad news. When you think it's about as bad as it can get, there's worse news, right? I mean, it's like, if you thought that was bad, this is worse. But here's what I also would say to this, is that I feel like for most of us in the room, we could honestly say this, that while there is some bad news in the world and there's some worse news in the world, that for many of us, there's a lot of good news in our life, right? There's a lot of good things that, that have happened to us that we celebrate. For example, some of you, maybe you got the promotion at work, and you're like, man, that is, that is good news. Maybe some of you one day, Patrick, there was a moment in your life when, when you, I think, got down on one knee, and you asked Melanie to say, you know, will you spend the rest of my life with you? And she said, yes, yes, and I, I hope it came quickly for her. And so she said yes, and that, and that was good news, right? Because then we're posting all over Facebook, Melanie said yes, and and you know, and so and so it's good news, right? Or maybe for some of you, maybe when you found out you were gonna have grandkids, or you found out you were gonna have kids, and we have a couple in the room that are that were with child, and that was good news. And and for those of you that one of you that's having twins, that's really good news for all of us because we can laugh and enjoy that with you. And so uh, it's good news, right? We all have good news. And here's what I've discovered about news in general: we always are quick to share whatever news is in our life, aren't we? So if it's bad news, we're usually quick to share that. If it's worse news, we're pretty quick to share that. Good news, we're pretty quick to share that. For example, for me, like, I remember in 2013 when my, my dad, I, I was playing golf with my dad. We were on a, on a golfing trip, and my dad would love to play golf. He was a great golfer, and he was not playing with me. He was in a group in front of me, and I was watching ahead because my dad was like really good. And so I could watch him, and, and I'm like, okay, that, what he's doing right now seems awkward. I don't know what my dad is doing, and I'm not sure about that. So I called up to the group about the, the turn, and I asked my good friend Billy. I said, Billy, uh, what was my dad doing in the middle of the fairway on number, number six over here? He's like, Doug, I don't know what was going on, but your dad was like literally teeing it up again in the middle of the fairway, which my dad knows all the golf rules. I mean, if you broke a golf rule, my dad knew it. And so, like, there was no foot wedges. If you know what that means, you, you've probably done it. If you don't know, that's good for you. There were, there were no mulligans with my dad. I mean, it was like the, 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 you played the way you're supposed to play. And so I, that was the beginning point of me realizing that my dad was down, going down the path of dementia. The beginning point of like, you know, and so that was bad news for me. So I would literally, I would go talk, talk to people that I knew, that I loved, that cared about me, and go, would well, you just pray for my dad? Because my dad is like, he's like struggling in a lot of ways. And the worst news was when it was in full throttle. Like my sister was the apple of my dad's eye. I mean, like she could do no wrong. And believe me, growing up as a twin, that was a problem. Because she was always a demoniac. It was never me. But I always got in trouble, and she never did. So she was the apple of his eye. But in his last years, when he really had full throttle dementia, he was paranoid. He didn't want her around. She was a threat to him as far as the relationship with my mom. And so that was worse news. 
And to the point where eventually in 2016, May 28th, at 2 a.m., my dad went to be with the Lord. And so when that bad news happened, or that worst news, I had people that I shared that with because we do that, don't we? When we have bad news or worse news, we share that with people. But we also share the good news too, don't we? Like, you know, Patrick, I talk about you and Melanie. I do remember a time many, 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 many years ago, 29 years ago to be exact, when I got down on my knee in a, in a park outside behind this church and asked Sonia to marry me. And after five or six minutes, I think she finally said yes. And so um, maybe longer, but I'm not sure. Maybe she was weighing out options. I'm not sure. But, but I remember that. And that was good news. I was willing to share. Like when my first son was born, all three of my boys, we quickly shared the, the birth. But my first son was born on December 31st at 11.52 p.m. Now, if you're an adult in the room that pays taxes, here's immediately what came to your mind. Tax write-off. And yes, that is the answer. It was a beautiful tax deduction for that year. But actually, I was a youth pastor. And so that night, I had an all-night lock-in planned on December 31st. He wasn't due to like January 5th or 6th, somewhere in that ballpark. And so I'm at the hospital, and I have an intern that's running the entire, entire lock-in. That's not a good thing. But he was running the entire lock-in. But all I remember is that I had a, and some of you, I'm going to date myself, I had a Polaroid picture of me holding my newborn baby. And you know where I went? I went to the lock-in for about 15 to 20 minutes. And I didn't care what was going on. I didn't care they were tearing the Boys and Girls Club up. I didn't care about any of this stuff. All I want everybody to know is that I have a new son, and I wanted them to see that. Because we have a tendency to share the good news. Or if I ever get news that I get to see this face. Come on, come on, there we go, there we go. If I ever get news that I get to see this guy, man, I'm going to share with everybody, right? And so there'll be a season at the end of November. You won't see me for a week because I'm going to be seeing this guy because that's good news. Now, here's the thing. You take him off because that's going to distract me the rest of the time. So here's the thing. We all live in a world where there's bad news, worse news, and good news. And we all live in a world where we are all quick to share the bad news, the, the worst news, and the good news. But here's a question I have for all of us. How driven are we to share the best news? So what is the best news? Come on, what is the best news? Not a rhetorical question, answer. What's the best news? Salvation, right? The best news is that I was dead in my sin and Jesus rescued me. Amen? Is that the best news? That's the best news. Now, that didn't sound very convincing. Is that the best news? Amen. I mean, that is the best news, but if we're so driven to share the bad things of the world, the worst things of the world, the good things in life, how driven are we to share the best news ever? Well, I have a theory. I have a theory of some reasons why we don't share the best news. One theory is because we're just fear. We just are scared to death. We're scared to death of what will people say, what will people think. We're scared to death of what if we don't know enough. But can I tell you what I think is a big, big, big portion of that that we don't ever talk about? I think one of the reasons we're not driven to share the best news is lack of conviction. Listen, if that really is the best news that we just talked about, shouldn't you want to share that? If the fact that you move from death to life and that Jesus is your Savior and he's the only way to have an eternal life with our Heavenly Father and to spend all eternity with him, if he really is the only way, if that really is the best news, should we not be driven to share it, more so than me driven to share my Polaroid picture of my new son that was born, or go and talk to people about the bad news of my dad, or the worst news of my, my dad. If this really is the best news that Jesus has rescued us, should we not be driven to share that? We should. And so we can talk about fear, and we're going to talk about it in a couple of weeks. 
But can I just say this? I think one of the greatest reasons we don't share the best news is a lack of conviction. Somewhere we say it's the best news, but do we live like it's the best news? Do we focus our life on that this is the best news? When you come in contact with people, we all need to understand this one truth, that what matters more than anything else is that when they leave this world, are they going to know that they're spending eternity with Christ or apart from Christ? See, if I believe this is the best news, it should dictate all of my life. It should dictate all of my relationships. It should dictate, and this is even convicting for me, it should dictate every conversation that I have. Because listen, when I'm talking to you somewhere, I'm going to work in somewhere probably the idea of my little grandson, Henry. Because I want you to know that I got somebody that I love even more than I love you. Because he's amazing. In fact, Sonia, he's even told our three boys that Henry is now her favorite, and they've got to kind of move down the line there. But at the end of the day, if this is the best news, how driven are we to share that news? Well, Doug, are, are you trying to convict us? No, but I think the Holy Spirit should convict us of that. See, if I really believe it, it should be fleshed out into my life. So let me tell you the goal of this whole series for the next four weeks. Our goal is not to know the best news, but understand why we need to share the best news. We're going to talk about reasons we don't share the best news, but we're going to end on Halloween, October 31st, by talking about the greatest motivation that should lead us and motivate us to share the best news. So today, here's what I want to do. I want to talk from a spiritual perspective. I want to talk about the bad news. I want to talk about the worst news. I want to talk about the good news. And I want to talk about the best news this morning. Because every single one of us, if you're a believer in the room, every single one of us need to know the best news, and how to share that best news. And so today, I'm going to break trend. Usually, I ask you to turn to a passage of Scripture, and we spend 30 minutes or so just walking and navigating through it. Today, we're not going to do that. Today, I'm going to take you several different places. And so first, I want to start with the bad news. Here's the bad news. Romans 3.23 says this, For all, read it with me, for all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. Let's read it together again. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now read it like you believe it. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do we get the bad news here? The bad news is this, is that we all sin and we are separated from God. Now, just a real quick Greek study. Does anybody know what the word all means in the original language? You're so smart. It means all, right? There's no exclusions. There's no exceptions. There's no loopholes. It means every single person. We know there's only one person, and that's the person of Jesus, but all have sinned, period, end of statement. All of us have sinned. And because we've all sinned, we have, he said here, we've missed the mark. For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Do you know what God's mark is for us? Perfection. That's his standard. God's standard is perfection. Now, Tyler, I know this is not you, but is there anybody perfect in the room? Not you, Tyler, either. Is there anybody perfect in the room? No. Have we all, no, no, no. Have we all missed the mark? Sure we have. In fact, some of you might be into archery, and I, and I love shooting a bow, and I've got a crossbow, but I've got this big target at home. You know what? And when we moved here, I lived in a subdivision, which when you have a crossbow and a big target and a subdivision, 
things can go wrong, right? And so I remember there one day that David's like, hey, Dad, I want to shoot your crossbow. And he's actually an excellent shot. But there was this nervousness about me. Okay, there's like one target in the middle. I put it on the one side that has like the big target on it, not the like five small ones. And said, aim for that. But then there was a small part of me that goes, okay, if he misses the target, it's going to ricochet. We've got dogs around. We've got kids around. Somebody could die. And this could be a bad thing. Now, did it stop me? Absolutely not. Did it hit the target? Hit the bullseye on the thing. But there's this moment of going, you have a mark I need you to hit, David. And if you don't hit the mark, bad, 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 bad things could happen to us, right? <laughs> he says, listen, all of you have sinned. Do you know what that means? That means all of us have said things. We've all done things. And we've all thought things. It violates the clear teaching of God's word. It violates the character and the nature of who God is. We've all said things, done things, and thought things that disobeyed a holy God. We've all sinned, and because of that, we have missed the mark. Can you achieve perfection? No. We all fall short. And because we fall short, we are separated from God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. For the way, and the, there has to be a payment for your sin. There has to be something that pays the debt of your sin. And that payment can only be found in death. For the wages of sin is death. Because sin came into the world, death came into the world. If you go all the way back to the garden, you see that come true. And so listen, here's the really, really bad news. Are you ready? And I'm not trying to discourage you, but as a believer, you need to be able to talk about the bad news. We all blow it. We all sin. We've all said things, done things, thought things that was rebellion against God. And because of that, we've missed his mark of perfection. And because of that, we are separated from God. And death is now a reality for us. Now, let me tell you why this is so important for you and I to be able to share the bad news with people. Because we live in a world that doesn't want to call sin, sin anymore. Amen? We want to tolerate everything. We want to excuse everything. Even things that violate scripture, we'll go back, well, you know what? This was written 2,000 years ago. It's not applicable today. And I would say, listen, if God breathed it 2,000 years ago, it's still his breath today. It still is valuable today that this is the word of God. It's the sole authority for how we live our lives. And we live in a world that says, let's not call sin sin anymore. Let's call it a mistake. Let's call it a misstep. Right Now, why, would, why do they want to do that? Because if you can call something a mistake or a misstep, that makes it not seem quite so bad, right? And we need to remind people that know that sin is rebellion toward a holy God. That when we choose to follow our own path and we choose to rebel against the word of God, the things of God, the person of God, and do everything he tells us not to do, we are living in rebellion against a holy, perfect God. And because we rebel we're separated. Sin separates us. A holy God cannot be in a deep relationship with sinful humanity if that debt has not been paid. And so the bad news is this, that we all sin. We all miss the mark. And because that we are all are separated from God. And listen, there's a broken world out there that needs believers to step up and to rise up and to tell the truth that we haven't been telling very much about. To tell a truth that is biblically right and something that maybe we want to stray away from. Because like, listen, when you talk to somebody and you want to talk about this, nobody wants to go at this going, you know what? We all sin. You know, you're a sinner. Nobody, nobody wants to hear that, right? 
But the same token, they also don't need to hear, you know, it's not that bad. It is that bad. Jesus went to a cross for that. That is that bad. But we, here's the thing about it. We all are in the same category. This dude here sinned too. This dude here at one point in my life was separated from a holy God. This dude here also is going to spend eternity apart from God. But the reason I'm not is because Jesus has changed me. And we need to be able to share the worst, the, the bad news with other people that all sin, all miss the mark, and because that death is a reality for us. But listen, that's not just, that's bad news, but guess what? There's worse news. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not in your own doing. This is a gift from God. In other words, here's what, here's what the writer Paul is saying. He's saying there's nothing you can do on your own to earn your forgiveness and to pay your debt. So here's the bad news. We all sin, right? Can we agree with that? We all sin. We've all missed the mark. We've all fall short, and we're all going could, could spend eternity apart from Christ. But here's the worst news. There's nothing you can do to fix it. On your own, in your best state, with your best attitude and your best intentions, there is nothing that you can do in your own strength, by your own merit, that can bring about the forgiveness of the debt that you owe and can wash away your sins. Nothing. Now, let me tell you where this meets the rubber meets the road for us. Because there's even in the Christian world, you can look at Barna statistics, even in the Christian world, there's a high percentage of Christians that still have this tendency to think that we can work and perform to gain God's acceptance. Listen, there's not a cosmic balance, being, balance uh, scales in heaven. Well, you know what? That Lydia, boy, her good really outweighs the bad. I think I'll let her in. But then there's Marty, right? And his good. What are you all thinking out there? His good. You get what I'm saying? We operate that way. Somehow if my good, listen, somehow if my good works and good deeds, come on, somehow if that just, if it just at least is a bit above the bad things, God will let me in, but it won't. See, it's not about evaluation of good versus bad. Some of you may even think, well, maybe if I'm a religious person, right? If I keep uh, religious rituals and, and traditions and all those kinds of things, that somehow God will look at me and will be satisfied and pleased and somehow he'll let me in. No, he won't. Some of you think, well, maybe if I have really good intentions, because we all mess up. You're right, Doug. We all, do you hear what I said that we mess up? We all kind of mess up. No, no, we all sin. But you know, okay, Doug, we all mess up. And maybe, maybe if I tell God I will do better, I will work harder, I will do the best I can do. Well, you know where the best you can do got you? Separated from God. So what makes us think we can do anything else to gain access to God? Are you getting the picture with me that the bad news is that we all sin? The worst news is there's absolutely nothing you can do on your own merit to gain access and relationship with the Holy God. That's why Paul says, let's put the verse back up if we can, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. See, the cross of Christ is an act of God's grace. You know what grace means, right? Undeserved favor. In other words, God has shown us love that none of us deserve. Can you, do you believe that this morning? Say amen. None of us deserve it. And if we will put our faith in Christ, and not what we can do, but what he has done for us, that's the only path to salvation. 
See, salvation is a gift from God. It's not something that can be earned or acquired. It is a gift from God. Now, let me tell you why it's important for us to be able to communicate the worst news in the world. You ready? It's because of this. We live in a world that is driven by performance-based growth, right? If you want the promotion, what do you got to do? Stay longer, work harder, do better. Are you with me on that? If you want to gain acceptance from certain people, what do you got to do? You've got to work for it. If you want to gain the affections of certain people, what do you got to do? You've got to work for it. We live in a world that is performance-driven, and naturally, some people take that mindset and shift it to God. Well, surely if I work hard enough, surely if I do enough, God will accept me. And listen, it's important for us to be able to share the worst news with people, to let them know that, yes, we all sin. Yes, we have all are separated from God. But here's what's even worse. You, on your own strength and own merit, can't do enough for God to accept you. You can't. You can't fix the issue. Now, I've literally had moments to share this with people. And listen, let me just to be honest here. When you talk to people about this, this is not like a this is not like a really exciting moment of conversation, right? Like, I mean, this is kind of a Debbie Downer, right? Because you want people to understand the weight of sin, that we all have done it, and there's nothing you can do. Because if you think you can do it, Paul, in fact, verse 9, we don't have it on the screen. Paul, in verse 9, even goes on to say, it's not by your works so that no one can boast. In other words, if you could be saved by your own merit, you would all just pat yourself on the back and go, look at me. Look how good I am. And then you would see no need for God. He says, listen, that's not the way you gain access. It's not through what you can do. It's through putting your faith in what Jesus has done for you. So here's the bad news. We all sin. Here's the worst news. You can't fix it. You can't do anything to pay your own debt. Now, what are we ready for now? The good news. The good news is found in 1 John 1, verse 7. And here's what it says. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' Son, what? Cleanses us from all sin. In your Bibles, underline the word all. Past, present, and future. Isn't that good news? That if you surrender your life to Christ, if there's a moment in your life when you put your faith in Jesus, he has forgiven your sin. His blood covers your sin, and he has forgiven you past, present, and future. Meaning the only way we can find cleansing, the only way we can find forgiveness of sin is through the person and work of Jesus. Now here's the good news. You ready? For sin to be forgiven, there must be a sufficient payment. And we've already discussed this. You can't make that payment. And I want you to hear me say this. God's greatest demonstration of his love for humanity happened on the cross. God's greatest love for humanity was demonstrated on the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid your debt. Jesus paid my debt. Now, is is that good news to you this morning? I mean, if somebody walked up to you, Travis, and said, hey, you know what, Travis, I'm going to pay off every, all your house mortgage, all your car loans, I'm going to write a check, and you're going to be debt-free. How excited would you be this morning? 
You, I'm going to pay your boats off. He's like, that would be like a miracle, right? I'm going to do that, right? I'm going to pay it off. I mean, I mean, there is a liberty in knowing that I have my debt has been wiped clean. That's what Jesus did for us. You know why? Because his sacrifice, the blood that was shed and the body that was beaten and bruised and battered, his sacrifice was sufficient for your payment and my payment. His death on the cross was enough. And let me tell you why this is important that we've got to be willing to share this good news. Because we've got people out there that need to know that the greatest expression of God's love happened on the cross. Because when you start talking to people, here's what you're going to hear. People are going to start saying this. You know what? Well, I hear you, Doug, but you don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't. I've done too much. I've said too much. I've walked too far away from God. I've been to this. I've been to that. At the end of the day, you can say, listen, it doesn't matter to the Lord. Because it's not based on what you can do. It's based on what Jesus has done for you. And that is the good news, is what Jesus has done for us. He went to a cross and he paid our debt. Now, when you're talking to people, here's the next thing that always comes. How do I get it? Right? How do I get it? And that leads me to the last thing I want to talk about, and that is the best news. The best news in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says this, For the wages of sin is death. What's the next word? What's the next word? But, but conjunction. It shifts the narrative. Like when you were dating someone, men, right? You know the story. And she comes, you go, she says, I really like you. But now you're going to have the friend conversation, Right? And for some of you teenagers, I've just fair warned you, it's coming. I'm telling you, it's going to come down the pike sometime. And what happened? It shifts the narrative, right? He says, for the wage of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So when they say, how do I get it? If, if you're, listen, if the bad news is that I sin and I'm separated from God, and if the worst news is I can't do anything to seek God's forgiveness, but you're telling me the good news is Jesus paid my debt and that his sacrifice is sufficient for my forgiveness of sin so that I can be right with God and spend all eternity with him, how do I get that? It's really easy. You ready? You receive his free gift, period. You know, I love Christmas. Anybody else love Christmas around here? And let's just be honest. Why do we love Christmas? Presents. I like getting stuff. I do. I do. I like getting stuff. I like thinking about getting stuff. I love buying things. And you know what? I can think in my lifetime, I'm 48 years old, so I can never remember a Christmas, especially as a kid, that I got something and go, you know what? I don't think I want that. I think you should take that back. I think that gift stinks. I think it's a terrible gift. I absolutely do not want that gift. Have you ever shot down a gift before? Like, let's say, ladies, let's say your husband's come, your husband come home, husbands, plural, I meant singular, husband. That's a different church on a different day, right? So your husband comes home with diamond earrings, right? And he opens it up and shows this beautiful valuable gift, how many are going to go, nah, I prefer the cheap ones from Walmart? <laughs> anybody doing that? Now, you might consider hawking them to pay for something else, but I mean, is anybody going to reject the gift? So how do we get it? Listen, you ready? You just receive it. There's got to be a moment in you, you just go, yes, yes, I believe he died. 
I believe I sin. I believe I can't do it on my own. So the answer is yes to the gift. And you, can I tell you the best news about the gift? It's free. It costs you nothing. Now listen, let me tell you why it's important for us to be able to share the best news, that all we have to do is receive it, and it's a free gift, because we live in a cynical world, a cynical world that says this, that you know what, there's nothing that is what? Free. There's always strings attached. Well, this one has one string attached. You get to go to heaven when you die, and spend all eternity with Jesus, worshiping the Savior of the world. I'll take that string, won't you? Right? And so there's this moment that we live in a cynical world that we need to know that they're going to say nothing is for free. But listen, that's why it's so important for them to understand that the beauty of our future is not based on my performance, that my future is based on my faith in Jesus and receiving his free gift. Now hear me on this church. I know some of you are like, well, Doug, I've been in church all my life, and I've heard people share the gospel before, and basically you just shared a witnessing track. Yeah, I did. You know why? Because I want us as a body of Christ to have a real conviction that this really is the best news. And that it would mold and shape our relationships. That it would mold and shape our conversations. That if we really believe that Jesus can help someone pass from death to life by putting their faith in him, if we really believe that heaven is real, and we really believe that hell is real, and that we really believe that we're going to pick and choose, we are going to choose which one we spin it into, if we really believe the best news is that Jesus has come and died on the cross, forgiving my sin, and offering us a free gift, if we really believe it, we have to share it. Because listen, I, I mean this with a lot of love, and I'm talking about me as much as I am you. If we refuse to share it, then we probably don't believe it. Are you with me on that? I can tell you what you believe by how you live. And if we're not going to share this, we probably don't believe it. So today, here's what I want us to do. Maybe you're here this morning, and maybe for the first time, like, man, you're like, oh, oh. I've never bought into this. But you're telling me that we all sin? Yeah, I am. That's bad. And you're telling me on my best day with my best effort, I can't do anything to earn God's forgiveness? I am. That's even worse. And you're telling me the good news is that Jesus took my place because he loves me? I am. That's good news, isn't it? And I'm telling you that the only thing you have to do is just receive. It's free. And all you've got to do is just admit, believe, and confess. In fact, in Romans chapter 10, it says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Saved. And maybe somebody needs to make that decision today. Maybe the rest of us in the room that are believers, if you notice when you sit down there today, there's a witnessing track. Go ahead and grab that. Now, I notice there's a lot of empty chairs today because we've got people out and sick. Well, here's what that means. It means those don't get stacked up. That means you've got extras to grab to share this week. You've got extra ones you can pick up. And if you will look at that, it walks through very much of what I've walked through this morning. And I really want you to pray about how you can intentionally use the best news you've ever heard and share it with somebody this week. Maybe, maybe you've got people that you work with. Maybe there's some coworkers or there's a community of people that you're around. Maybe there are, people, there are friends that you, that you have or family members you've not shared with. Would you take this tool that's at your disposal now and would you take it, look at it, commit it to memory, commit to sharing it and share it with somebody this week? Or maybe you're going to go out. How many are you going to eat after today? After this morning, you're going to eat. So, nobody, no, you guys aren't going to eat? I mean, how many are you going to eat today at some point, right? 
You know, many of you will go out and eat, right? What if you, you know, because listen, do waitresses and waiters always have the best days? No. Oftentimes, you go in because you have such a sweet spirit, because you all do, you catch all their nonsense. Like they were mad, they're upset, they're frustrated. Well, guess what? Instead of going, oh, I hate that for you. You know what? I know there's something that can change your perspective on life. And you may not have time to spend 20 minutes with them, but you have time to hand them something. Now listen, not in lieu of a tip. You heard Pastor Doug say that, right? Not in lieu of a tip, but in addition to a great tip because you're giving them the best news. And you can even put your name back. In fact, on the back of that, there's a QR code. They can click that. It will send them to a link that will show Pastor Mercer sharing the gospel with them. And there's a place they can even make a decision. So I'm asking you as believers this morning, will you have an urgency to share the best news this week? Do you now have a tool in your hand that can lead you to do that? Now all you need is the Holy Spirit to give you the courage, right? Because when I talk about sharing your faith, here's what I can see among the room as a whole. You just begin to sweat, right? I don't know enough. I know. What if they say no? I know. But if God provides an opportunity, guess who's in control of that opportunity? God is. And you think if God is nudging your heart to speak to someone that God has already created a divine moment that he wants you to step into and do the right thing? Listen, if we really believe that heaven and hell is real, and we really believe that any moment someone can step off into that eternity, isn't it worth taking 35 to 40 seconds as you eat today, or four or five minutes as you meet with family or friends or coworkers this week, and say, let me just tell you about the best news. Listen, all we're called to do is plant the seed of truth and let God do the rest. So this morning, if you're a believer, Will you make that commitment? Maybe you need to come. Maybe there's some things weighing on your heart this morning, and you just need to come lay them at the altar. Maybe you need the Holy Spirit to give you the courage to do what we've talked about, and you want to come to the altar and say, Lord, would you give me the strength to do what I know I've been called to do? Or maybe you're struggling, and you need somebody to pray with you. Pat and Willie are going to be right over here, and we'd love to pray with you. And we're going to have, like, yeah, Kelly's going to be over here, and, and if we have some others, some deacons on the sides, if you need somebody to pray with you, they would love to pray with you and reach out to you and love on you. But this morning, if you don't know Christ, would you say yes? And if you do know Christ, would you commit to share the best news? If you believe it, we will share it. So right now, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head. Everybody, every head bowed and every eye closed. Just right where you sit, just for a moment. Maybe there's someone here this morning You've never said yes to Jesus. And you know that you're a sinner, and you know that you can't do enough, and you now know that Jesus paid your debt. That the greatest demonstration of God's love is that he sent his son to a cross. And today you're ready to receive the gift. If that's you, nobody's looking around, and we don't do this often, but I'm going to ask you, would you just slip your hand up, put it right back down? Nobody's going to see you, but maybe me. Slip it up, put it right back down. If you're here this morning, you're a believer. Would you ask yourself this question? Do I really believe this is the best news? And if so, would you ask the Lord to give you strength to share it this week? Let's all stand together and we pray. God, I love you. I thank you for today. And God, I know we've walked simply through the gospel message. 
but it's important for us as followers of you, Lord, to know the bad news, to know the worst news, to know the good news, and to be committed to share the best news. God, we are surrounded by people. In fact, Jesus, I'm reminded of your words when you say that the the fields are white, but the laborers are few. Father, I pray that that would convict us this morning, that we work with people. Maybe we live in the house with people. Maybe we have family of people who've never heard this news from our lips. I need to hear it. May you give us, Holy Spirit, the courage to go share. May you give us the words. I know we, gonna, we oftentimes let fear win the battle. Because I pray that we would just rest in this, that if you're sending us, you promise us that your word never returns void, that you will give us exactly what you need us to say. You will speak through us and in us, and you will do only what you can do, which is open their eyes. So God, I pray for some believers today. I pray that we would walk out of here not just saying that we believe this is the best news, but that we would live it out. Convict us, Lord, when we become apathetic. Convict us when we don't have a heart to share. May your Holy Spirit just convict us this morning. That we believe, we do believe, that Jesus, you could come back at any moment. And we need to have the urgency and the intentionality to do all that we can right now to bring as many people with us. So God, would you just work in our hearts? Would you convict us as a believer? And Father, if there's somebody here today that's never trusted you, would they just simply receive that gift today? We love you, Lord. For it's in your precious son's name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Listen, if you need to come pray for strength or courage, or if you've just got a heavy burden on your heart and you want to lay it before the Lord, this altar is open. If you need somebody just to put their hand on you and just say, I don't need to know your junk, but I want to pray for you. I want to go to the throne of grace on your behalf. We've got people in the wings that love to pray with you. My prayer is this, is that we would just be faithful to let the Lord lead us, and then us be faithful to respond to that. So however the Lord leads, now's the time to respond.